Welcome to the Sherburn podcast. We're at Sherburn Fire Station on Cold Harbour. The two fire engines at the station are manned by on-call firefighters. The crews carry pages which alert them to respond to emergency calls. That was just over five minutes. Uh, so at the moment within Sherbourne, we've got a lot of uh, temporary traffic lights, which is also hampering our response. So whilst firefighters are responding uh, to their alert as activating, uh, they have to drive uh, under the normal road conditions. They're not allowed to uh, go through red lights, not allowed to go down wrong way, wrong way systems, um, and they're not allowed to speed. So we have to make sure the firefighters get here safely to then respond. Um, the last thing we want is five people to be responding, two of them to be involved in uh, an RTC themselves, and then the fire plants can't get out. Hi, I'm Simon Gillette. I'm station commander here at Sherbourne Fire Station. This is my 25th year here at Sherbourne. I was a firefighter for about 12 years here, then I went up to crew manager for about five years and then I took the role of watch manager which followed on to me to be the station commander. So we've got 18 firefighters on station at Sherbourne and 11 of those give daytime cover which basically means they they are allowed to turn in f from work so their employees employers have let them turn in from work if the pager goes off. I was at work um, sweeping up leaves at the prep school. <laughs> I said to my workmates, um, you know, I'll be back as soon as I can. He, he's used to it, he knows what to expect. He don't know how long I'm going to be. I was just at home pottering around the house. <laughs> so you just dropped everything and came down? Yeah, literally shoes and keys left by the door, ran out the house, keys on. My car was parked down the road, so I had to peg it down the road a bit and uh, straight up here. And no idea what you were coming to? No, no idea at all. Certainly gets the uh, heart rate going. Um, Left-hand directional search, search and rescue, and firefighting. So it's rescue and firefighting. Yeah. Equipment to be taken: one hose or jet, thermal imaging camera, uh, specific hazards. So the gas and electric has not been isolated to treat them as live. Uh, communication, you will be on uh, BA channel 3. Can you confirm I'm going to be Alpha Team 1? So we are doing our weekly check of the breathing apparatus set or BA set. 
so this is what we'd wear into a into a fire or a hazardous area um, which would then protect us so we're just carrying out a weekly check to make sure it's operational, make sure there's enough air in the cylinder um, and make sure all the auxiliary equipment uh, is working as it should. It'll say, so as it's saying now, testing progress on the side here. And then once it gets down to there, it should beep again in a minute. There you go. So it's passed, it's test. Vent slowly, so we vent the mask slowly. Do we hear a whistle? That noise there. So that noise is your time of whistle. So that whistle sound when you get to 80 bar pressure in your cylinder. Basically, if you're in the building and that's going off, you know you need to get out. You've only got a small time period left of air. We've got roughly, it's about 50, 50 minutes is a sort of, is the duration of the cylinder. It can obviously go go on longer depending on how fit you are. Um, but yeah, fifty odd minutes is, is where where we where the cylinder contents is normally. I'm Martin Hall. Um, I'm a crew manager, whole time and a temporary crew manager here at Chevron Fire Station. My job as a whole time firefighter is as an on call support officer. So I'm uh, cover North Dorset with regards to recruitment, retention, training and development um, and just support the stations within North Dorset in any way possible. And then you're also an on-call firefighter here in Sherbourne? Yep, so I've been an on-call firefighter for around six months within Sherbourne. Um, so whilst I'm not at work, kind of Monday to Friday between the hours of nine and five, I'm then on-call for the station and then provide evening and weekend cover. And then when I have a day off from my whole time role in the week, I'm again available for the station. What the guys are going to do now is we're going to uh, test our LPP, which stands for Light Portable Pump. Um, so as you can see, it's quite a small little pump. Um, it's a, a smaller version of our, of our main pump that's on the fire engine. So this would be what we'd use to pump from open water, so rivers, um, lakes, occasionally swimming pools if someone's lucky enough to have one in their garden. Um, so this would be a bigger incident where we need water we would use this this pump to, to, to get that water. We drill for two and a half hours a week on a Wednesday night. Uh, and yes, as you say, this is the time for us to, to train. Uh, so techniques are always changing. Um, obviously, technologies are always improving within firefighting. Uh, so this is the time we get together, learn, new, learn those new procedures, those new technologies, and also uh, review in, in uh, practice uh, older ones. Uh, to make sure we can do it on the instant ground when we need to. They've got to be relatively fit. From speaking with them, they've got to be keen and want to do it for the right reasons. I'll initially have a chat with them at station to see what cover they can give us at station and see if it is suitable to fill the few gaps that we've got. Because um, I don't want people just to give us night cover because I've got a lot of people that can give us night cover. We look for day cover weekend cover so all those things put together is what i i look for when we recruit for a firefighter here at sherborne so we do uh, a set of online testing so if a candidate doesn't have maths and english c grade and above or equivalent they'll go through a uh, maths and english test online and then uh, three other tests with regards to kind of situational judgment and behavioral tests um, on successful completion of uh, that they then uh, are invited to an initial testing stage 
So this is done at Poundbury for Dorset. Um, and for that we do a 12 minute Chester treadmill fitness test. Um, size them up for fire kit. Um, make sure they've got the qualifications they said they have. Um, if they didn't, uh, if they haven't got a mass English C grade and above, we just get them to do a 10 minute quick test to make sure it was them, themselves that did the online testing for us. On successful completion of that, they are then invited to a practical stage, or what we call a stage two, and that is held at Westmore's Training Centre. Um, and for that, it is a morning or afternoon session, and they go through a set of uh, different tests. So we do kind of a ladder lift, so um, testing the upper body strength. Uh, we do uh, an equipment carry test. So it's over a 25 meter course, and you go up and down with different bits of equipment in full fire kit. We do a ladder climb test, so we get you to climb a 13.5 meter ladder, take a leg lock at the top and let go of your hands and then read uh, a script from the bottom of the ladder. So whilst we're doing that, we're testing that they're not afraid of heights. Um, they've also got decent eyesight. Uh, they will also go then through a BA or confined space test. So we get them to put a breathing apparatus set on, a face mask, and then send them through what we call a rat run. So it's just a confined space cage where they have to go through different ob difficult obstacles, get to the end, then they get fully blindfolded and then sent back. Um, we also get them to do a dummy drag. So they have to dra drag a dummy around a 75 metre course. Um, and that's also testing their fitness. So you have to be pretty fit. Yeah, you have to be uh, fairly fit. Um, throughout the stages, uh, the tests of the fitness part gets slightly harder. Um, if you fail at initial testing or what we, stage one or stage two, you can then come back and redo those kind of three months later. So you do have a chance to, if you fail, to improve your fitness um, and get stronger or um, more fitter to be able to then pass again on the next time. coming up to a year and five months now. I'm still in training, still in development. Um, you do a two-year development program. So I'm one of the uh, estate technicians at the Griffin School. So basically like a, a handyman, sort of what they used to call caretakers back in the day. A lot of my training comes in, in and around the daytime. So I'll come up to the station, do a couple hours, look at the computer, going through sort of PowerPoints and stuff, getting my knowledge up to a full competent firefighters would be. And that just takes time, unfortunately. Due to the nature of the job, you could have, let's say, five fires one week and then nothing for a month. So it's quite hard to gain that experience in some aspects of the job, which is why we have to come up here in our own time and um, sort of top ourselves up, really. It's a, a two-year probation. So that two-year probation is your um, two years of learning. So in that two years, you have your two weeks basic skills course, you have a two week BA course, one week RTC course, and then a one week category care course. And you have to complete those within those two years as well as a development folder. So you have uh, three testing stages. You have a stage A, which is testing you on station after your kind of basic skills scores to make sure that you've uh, taken on all, all that information, retained it, and then you'll be tested by an, either an on-call support officer or station manager um, on pumps and ladders to make sure that you're still safe to be on the run. Uh, you also have a stage B, which is a breathing apparatus test, and that is done by one of our BA instructors um, at one of our training centres, either in Dorchester or Poole. Um, 
We then also have a stage C, which is um, an RTC. So we do that on station. Uh, we get a car, um, put it into a, an incident, and then you are put through your paces, um, making sure that you know how to operate all the tools, uh, know how to safely work as part of a team and on your own around a vehicle. Um, and then we do a final um, competency assessment, uh, which is after those two years. And then you are put through your paces on everything within the fire service. So practically and theoretically. And there's absolutely no difference between the training for an on-call firefighter and a full-time firefighter. Uh, no, there's no difference. The only difference is that as a full-time firefighter, you will be at uh, the training centre for uh, a set period of time. For our on-call section, we can't take them out of their full-time employment for six to eight weeks. So we do it in stages. So they do it two weeks to allow them to either take some time off work. Some employers will make the candidates or potential firefighters take time off, so using annual leave. Um, some are really good and will say, actually, no, we'll allow you to do this. Um, and then some will 50-50 uh, and say, actually, if you take one week's leave, then we'll grant you one week's additional leave to take on this extra role within the community. It is a big commitment once you join the brigade, because once you carry the pager, it's it's not a case you can go out when you're on call. You've got to be on call. It's not a case of making a phone call to say, oh, unfortunately, I can't come in, because the way we work, if there's only eight on duty for both fire engines, if someone doesn't turn in, that's the difference between one of the fire engines getting out the door and not getting out the door. I say to all the people that apply and the people that are in this brigade at the moment already know it's a massive commitment on families as well. Wives and people that have got children. There's so many times when they've got things planned, to go out for meals or parties. The pager will go off, they respond. And you get an unhappy family, but that's, that's all part of it. Really, they know that, but it is a massive commitment. On-call firefighters are paid a retainer. So that is for when you are at home, at work, um, you are available to respond to the station, so you get paid a set uh, amount of money. Uh, once the pager activates, you are then paid to turn into the station and ride the fire appliance, the same as a whole-time firefighter is, you are the same hourly pay. I work at Leonardo Helicopters in Yeovil on their fire crew. Um, it's for, obviously, brand new aircraft. They produce brand new aircraft there, so it's probably sort of airport firefighting we can resemble it to. Um, we also look after the site, so extinguishers, um, FP um, on site, um, staff training. Um, yeah, so work there sort of nine, um, half seven till six, and then when I'm back on in Sherbourne, I sign back on, and then I'm available for giving cover at, Sh at Sherbourne. I also get a day off during the week, so I can give a bit of day cover as well. I am um, an electrician um, outside of here. Um, for Sherbourne Girls' School, so I work in Sherbourne, live in Yeovil. Uh, so while I'm at work for Sherbourne Girls, I'm on call for Sherbourne Fire Station, and then when I go home in the evening and weekends, I'm on call for Yeovil. It's just, it's a, I think it's a boyhood dream, I think, from when I was a child. It was always something I wanted to do. Um, it, I like the Retain because it helps our community, where we all live, um, and my family live, and I've, I've grown up around here up around here um, and, uh, and never left but once you do it it seems to be a job for life um, 
yeah, it's the it's the rewarding side of the, the job that keeps you keeps you going. I always say it's it's easier if the molotov goes off at night because it's the only person that's disturbing is myself. Um, during the evening, during the day, it can affect your family. You know, you're planning to go out, you're planning to go somewhere. Um, me and my wife have two separate keys. We're always we're always living that life that in a minute I might have to rush off and. Um, back to the station sort of thing, so she has to make sure she has a key to get back home, or even transport. My dad was retained at Stern at St Newton, um, I just thought I'd like to have a go at it. Um, and yeah, 10 years later down the line, here I am. I work for the NHS in IT, uh, so we look after like, computers and servers uh, for the NHS in Dorset. I can't respond from work, because I work in Dorchester, uh, so all my cover is from evening and weekends. Uh, so I get home at 5pm, go on call till 6 the following morning um, and then at the weekends um, have a bit of downtime with the, uh, with the family and the children uh, but other than that it's uh, on call here. How often would you say you get called out? Uh, very, sometimes it could be 7, 8, 9 times a week and then others would get nothing. It is a commitment um, for everybody, um, certainly um, family members, um, they have to be committed as well and you know over 19 years my wife and my family have, have had to sort of put up with quite a bit. It's a big commitment um, obviously from each one of us but also from our families as well which again they get overlooked sometimes, they get overshadowed. I've got a young family, um, there's, there's times when we're planning on going out um, and then the alert will go off and we can be gone for eight, eight or nine hours at a time. When you're at home feeding the baby and, and your pager goes off and you've got to pretty much drop the baby on your, on your wife. Um, what does she think about it? She's supportive of it but obviously you know, there, there are times when it's inconvenient um, and we just literally drop what we're doing and we've got to be here within four minutes. Um, so yeah, it can, can get a bit, bit tight at times and a bit stressful, but um, ultimately she knows what we're doing and it could be uh, life, life or death. We've got a lot of employers that already release their staff during the day and night. We have some employers that uh, will release staff just during the night and weekends, but won't release them during the day from themselves. So one of my roles is to go into those employers and build up a really good rapport show them their statistics. So a lot of employers didn't realise actually the fire appliance might not go out all week between the hours of Monday to Friday, nine till five. Sherborne roughly respond to three fire calls uh, during the working week. So that we call working week Monday to Sunday. Um, not every employer just works Monday to Friday. So we say on an average, Sherborne Fire Station turns out three times during the day. And that is between the hours of eight and six. They respond uh, in the evenings between 6 and 10 once a week and then during the night once a week. Well, I'll give you an example of the last sort of week we've, um, we've assisted the ambulance in gaining entry to a property. Uh, we went to a property fire which was unattended cooking left on the stove so we sort of went in and ventilated the property there. We've had a small road traffic collision with a car into a wall. Um, so that's sort of things we've done this week and at the, right at the start of the week we had a bigger commercial fire where it was both fire engines from Sherborne and Yeovil and Gillingham so that was a bit bigger um, but that's the sort of shapes we've been to this week. As an on-call support officer my role is to go out and educate employers and try and 
show them that actually they're not going to lose the members of staff for four or five hours a day every day. Uh, each station we have a data sheet and we can take that into the employers and show them exactly how many fire times a week that fire engine goes out on emergency calls and for approximately how long those are. Some of the firefighters here do a lot of fire safety at work. Um, they're fire wardens, uh, they're qualified first aiders, so that they take all that back to work, which does also help the employer. Well, firstly, by all means, they can come up to Sherbourne Fire Station and have a chat with me. Um, but it is commitment, and I can tell them all about what it involves. But you, you'd be joining a very friendly team. You get a lot out of it. Um, you're certainly helping the community in a big way because when the pager goes off, you know, someone has dialed triple nine and someone is in dire need of our services. Do it. I, 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 I love it. I, as I said, I've been doing it for 10 years or nearly 10 years um, and I love it now as much as I did 10 years ago when I first started. That adrenaline you get when the alerter goes off um, is, is second to none and then when you get out to the instant ground uh, you deal with whatever's in front of you um, but the, the feeling you get at the end of it especially when you've helped somebody whether that's uh, saving their property their belongings um, and ultimately their life it's a really really good feeling I would say do it um, but obviously make sure you're happy with the commitment that the brigade need from you because it does take a lot of time and effort and training and like I say you do have the bad incidents that might affect family life for a bit um, but yeah definitely worthwhile do it yeah best thing best thing in the world I've ever done um, it's given me a bit of purpose and I you know I want to help serve my community I've been living in Sherwood all my life so actually straight enough went to the school at Griffin before I would now work there so small world really but no, honestly, do it. It's the best thing I've ever done. Do it. Do it. Uh, it one of the best jobs out there. Um, it's a never-ending learning curve. There's so much knowledge you can gain from being in the service and so many different avenues you can go down. So, yeah, if you, if you sort of get bored easily at work, this is a good, good route to go. <laughs> Come and give it a go. It's, um, it's a good rewarding... Um, used to be a part-time job it's a little bit more than that but obviously it's a good rewarding job um, if you get a good station like Sherbourne where everybody's sort of working together um, you get a varied um, type of instance you'll see the lot you work with the community um, personally for me um, I joined I moved to Sherbourne 20 years ago and immediately I made 20 brand new friends which you know if I just moved to Sherbourne and tried to make those friends I don't think I would have made that that many friends in, in that ma in a short amount of time and a lot of those friends because a lot of people have left over the over those 20 years um, still remain friends now and we we get together every now and again even if you see them in the street um, they always sort of say stop and say hello and we all always have a chat about the old times and what's happening now and all for the future have a look on the website and come come up and see us come and have a word with the, with the firefighters that are here and we can tell you about you know, what it takes to become a firefighter and what you know, time and effort you need to put in because it, it does take a lot of your time, free, if you don't have much free time, uh, and obviously you've got to be in and around Sherbourne or you'll, 
local fire station. You've got to be within four minutes of the station whenever you're on duty. And I give 120 hours a week, so that's not much time off where you can, you know, especially in the summer, nip off down the beach at the drop of a hat. You've got, you know, got to be in Sherbourne. So it's quite a big commitment, but come speak to your local station and we can tell you all about it. We don't go to as many house fires anymore with persons reported. And I'd say the reason for that, we do a lot, we've got safe and well-being advisors now that go out and do talks and they will fit a lot more smoke alarms in properties. So giving people that early warning to get out of the property. So if we, it's very rare that we turn up to a house fire now and someone, we get there and there's people still in it. We like to think they're out because of the smoke alarms. So my name's Michelle. Um, I'm a safe and well advisor for Dorset Wiltshire Fire Service, working at Sherbourne, Maiden Newton and Sturminster Newton. Um, we have safe and well advisors all over Dorset and we offer advice and tips. Uh, and it is goodwill advice. We're not coming in to tell you what to do in your own home but it's just trying to reduce your risk from fire, so obviously you don't have to visit from Simon. Now Christmas is coming, that's obviously a danger period. People start getting candles out, um, they start putting decorations up, and obviously there's the electrical um, issues that we have with people overloading sockets and not realising that they're doing so. So we try to, when we go into the home, is explain if you've got an extension lead, what you can plug in and what you can't plug in, um, and overloading and that way causing a fire. And if somebody wants advice, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, there's a free phone number that they can phone, which is 0800 038 2323. And they can talk to our Safe and Well admin team, who will ask them a few questions. And they, they can actually then qualify for a free Safe and Well visit. And do you think people are more uh, safety conscious now than they were in the past? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, most people now have working smoke alarms. Um, it's a good idea to test the smoke alarms. We advise once a week. It's just... Um, give it a good test make sure the batteries um, you know you change them annually to make sure that it's working um, and also check the expiry because smoke alarms have a 10-year life on them so it's good to check that as well we've got uh, a Facebook page for the station which we have just over 1,600 followers um, those followers are people that live um, or work within Sherbourne have a vested interest in what the fire station's doing, uh, what the firefighters are up to uh, on a daily basis. Um, also, um, members of the public like to be nosy, so when they see a fire engine going down the road, they like to know what's happening, what's going on. Um, so we update the Facebook page with uh, what the incident was, uh, what we've done, um, and sometimes we'll add some pictures and videos. So social media is good for that, but you were telling me earlier that there's an unintended consequence of social media in, in the amount of calls you get about incidents. So what we've noticed within uh, the fire service and also our other events services is that uh, members of the public now uh, have a vested interest in recording what's happening, um, which means we've had a reduction in the n number of 999 calls we're receiving. So if we go back five or six years uh, for a property fire, we'd receive probably eight, nine, ten fire calls for that. So our fire control are aware of exactly what's happening, how big that fire is. That information is passed to the fire crews en route. Um, and they might also then change this um, predetermined attendance, so how many fire trucks we're sending. So if it came in as just a fire alarm, so we'd set, potentially send just one fire truck, 
if it came in as a property fire, we'd send two. If that was then persons reported in that property fire, we'd then send three. So what we've noticed is we've had a reduction in 999 calls, and that's because everybody's uh, either filming or the incident or telling their friends about it, putting it on social media, but actually not informing the fire service. So don't just film it, phone it in. Yep, so we'd recommend that everyone phones it in. The more information we have about the incident gives uh, the incident commander better information, fire control better information, and better helps us uh, allocate our resources to that incident if required. I tend to think sometimes they don't know where the fire engine comes from. Um, that's what we've, you know, we've always been up against. Um, people always say, whereabouts do you come from? You know, even in, in Sherbourne, we say Sherbourne. Um, so pe people are sort of unaware of, perhaps there is a fire station within Sherbourne. Um, they just make that call, they dial 999. Quite a lot of people will call in and see us. We have lots of thank you notes put through the door. Um, people like to come up and see us at Christmas and thank us. If you'd like to find out more about being an on-call firefighter at Sherburn or another fire station in Dorset or Wiltshire, you can find more details at the Dorset and Wiltshire Fire Service website www.dwfire.org.uk You can find that address on the Sherburn Podcast webpage. My thanks to Station Commander Simon Gillette and Martin Hall and Sherburn's on-call firefighters. The Sherburn Podcast is a Red Mike production for Brookmore Media. <laughs>